Good morning, Crestview family. I didn't say good morning, everybody, so Artie could make fun of me. I didn't want to. So I am so glad to see you guys this morning. I am uh, happy to see us filling up pews and uh, new faces. I'm loving it. I'm, uh, if you're our guest and you are with us today, we just love to welcome you. We I'm mean, so excited to welcome you here to Crestview Baptist Church. And if you're a guest and with us for the first time, we'd like to get to know you. And there are pew cards in the pews that say guest or visitor. And if you'd fill one of those out and drop it in the offering plate just so we can get to know you a little better, uh, that would be awesome. Um, a few things going on this week, I believe. Uh, don't forget, uh, if you are a youth or a kid and you want to go, uh, we are going We are going to uh, hang out for a little while after church, eat some pizza, and then we're going to Kylie's Skating when they open at 1 o'clock. Uh, the cost to skate is $8.00. I'm asking uh, each person to pay $5, and we're going to order some pizza. And, uh, but if, you, if money's ever a problem, I tell you guys, don't let money stop you from coming to do something. It'll work out, I promise. Um, and uh, something about youth, and the, the youth, not youth and young, the youth that is not in the bulletin, that I have not made it in there yet because it was uh, uh, something I just uh, said. So we are going to have a Super Bowl party next week. We will... I know, yes, the Artie and myself, and uh, we will not be here in the morning, but we will be leaving up there by 10 o'clock, and so I will be back in plenty of time for the Super Bowl. We're going to have a Super Bowl party in the youth building on the screen. I say it's a youth Super Bowl party, but hey, college kids, adults, anybody who wants to come hang out with us, bring some food to share or a drink to share, and we will hang out, watch the Super Bowl. Some of my kids are mad at me, though, because I said we're not watching the halftime show. Not the one that's on TV. We are watching a Cool Carl Sunday School halftime show. So uh, I've already signed up for that. So that's going to be next week. Um, other things going on in your bulletins. Um, if be sure you look in there for things. And don't forget our battle Wednesday night services. Youth and children's services out in the building. Adults up here. Uh, 6.30 on Wednesday nights. At this time... I just invite you to turn your hearts toward God and let's focus on him this morning and push the things of the world out and spend some time with God this morning. Good morning. A couple of things. One, how many of you saw that Chinese spy balloon go over top of Bowling Springs yesterday? It came, it came right over top of our church, but I didn't see it because I was too busy eating. And so, you know, I, did, I didn't see it, but a lot of people got pictures of this little bitty white thing way up in the ground. And in fact, Reba and Cecil Willis's son, who was a pilot, took off to go chase it down when it got over toward Garner and Raleigh, and that F-22 got there first. That little, it's not a Cessna he flies, what is it? A Piper, a F-22 is a lot faster than a Piper, so he, he didn't have a chance to get to it before it did. But anyway, and then just to let you guys know, Chad said I make fun of him when he says, good morning, everybody, because it gives me flashbacks of old reruns I used to watch as a kid where it says, good morning, it's howdy doody time. <laughs> so that's what it reminds me of when I make fun of him. But anyway, it's good to see everybody here this morning. Um, Continue to pray for Whitey as he is at home. Did he have a 
Where'd she go? There you are. See, even crippled, she's faster than I can keep up with. Did he have uh, a better night last night? Really? Whitey is having difficulties. She said uh, the first night um, he lost feeling in his, his left leg. And then yesterday, the block wore off in his shoulder. Those of you that don't know, he did have shoulder surgery um, Friday. Um, and it was extensive surgery. The surgeon said it looked like a bomb went off in his shoulder um, when he got in there. So pray for him. Continue to pray for him. And then Sandra is doing all the running, and she's recovering from her knee surgery. So pray for her. Continue to pray for, uh, for Jerry as he continues to heal. Um, a lot of other people waiting on test results. Pray for Doyne. And um, he has got a, a burst fracture of his L3 vertebrae from his fall that he took about a month ago. But um, Wednesday, when he was here for church Wednesday for prayer meeting, is the first time you've been out of the house other than a doctor's appointment in 26 days. So he is back here with us this morning. Um, but we've got a lot of people that are going through things, waiting on test results, waiting on um, doctor's appointments, uh, and recovering from surgery. Eddie Harden, I talked to him the other day. He had back surgery Friday as well, um, and he is at home, and he was up walking um, after his surgery. So just, uh, he said the only discomfort he's having is, is right where the incision is, but everything else is good. But continue to pray for him as he heals. And as we go to the Lord in prayer, just pray that God will have his way with us today. So join me now as we open our time together in prayer. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. We humbly bow before your throne, dear Lord. Dear Lord, we ask that you have your way with us right now. And for this short hour that you block all the thoughts, everything that's going on in our, in our lives, that we can fully concentrate on you. So Lord, right now, I ask you that your spirit move among your people. That he opens our hearts and opens our minds and opens our ears so that we could hear your word. But not just be hearers, but doers also. So Lord, that you would speak to us today. That you would show us more and more about your character and make us into your true disciples. So Lord, above all, if there's someone here that does not know you as their Savior, that today they would be convicted. That today they would pray to accept you as their personal Savior. And Lord, I ask that that whether it's the songs that we sing or Chad sharing with the children or me speaking your word, that you would speak through us all and that you would receive all the honor and all the glory and all the praise because you alone are worthy. Thank you for everything that you have done and everything that you will continue to do. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our risen Savior, we pray. Amen. There's a name that is used more than any other name, and that name is Jesus. We have used that name for uh, praying uh, for others, for ourselves, for thankfulness.
It's also used in a, as a slang word. Um, a lot of people use it when they're angry. <laughs> and uh, so we come today to honor the name of Jesus. You know, sometimes when we're praying, we get to that point, especially when we're grieving. I just don't know how to pray anymore. Then all you have to do is just whisper the name Jesus. Jesus is always there with us. He's laughing with us. He's crying with us. He's holding our hand. He's carrying us. You can always count on Jesus. So as we stand and sing, there's something about that name. All you have to worry about of all the lyrics is just Jesus. Would you stand as we sing? <laughs>
Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the opportunity that we have to give back to you just a small portion that you have blessed us with. I ask you to bless this gift and bless the giver, for it is your holy name that we pray. Amen. And I'm going to ask you to stand again as we sing hymn number 142, There is a Fountain, 142. church, but 
Other than that, we don't really think about it much throughout the week. I don't, nobody would admit that. And, uh, but I can tell you, throughout my life, I've been guilty of that at times. Uh, when I was younger, especially. But so, God doesn't want us to be fans of the church. You know that? He doesn't want us to be fans sitting out in the, sitting out in the crowd with our signs that say, Go Jesus one day a week. He wants us to be players. He wants us to suit up. He wants us to put on the armor of God, which is what we're going to talk about in Bible School. Bible School is going to be about this next coming year. I'm excited about that. And he wants us to go out into the world, and he wants us to be players. He wants us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with other people, whether it's we go up and we tell people about Jesus, or we just love our friends and treat our friends, our friends nice, and we just share Jesus through the way we talk to them. There's a Bible verse about it. In the book of Matthew. It's actually several books. But in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end. Now, now, Jesus was talking to his disciples right here. And he might say, well, Jesus was just talking to his 12 disciples, or his 11 disciples that he had at that time. Mm -hmm. Jesus, that's a message for all of us as the church. To, to suit up, to put on our game jerseys, and go out into the world and share Jesus with everybody else. You know that? So I want to encourage you guys to do that this week. Tell somebody, maybe having a bad day, say, hey, Jesus loves you. Or pray for somebody. Go out and be a player. Don't just be a fan and come to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. All right? Let's bow our heads and, we'll go and, and then we'll go to children's church shortly. God, thank you so much for this day for each one of these boys and girls that are up here. Help us to have the strength and the courage to go out into the world and be players in the field of life and in life and going out and just sharing the gospel and sharing what we know true, wonderful love that we have for Jesus. Share that with us. All this I ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. We all know the song Amazing Grace. It's one of the top three hymns of all time. We could probably all sing it without any lyrics posted upon the board for us. But until you have accepted God's grace, you have no idea what it's all about. You can't appreciate it until you've accepted it. Also, this song goes into, My Chains Are Gone. And you will understand how that chorus goes with amazing grace once you've accepted grace. Probably no one in here has ever been in chains, <laughs> but I think you've all worn some uncomfortable shoes. <laughs> <laughs> especially the ladies uh, when shoes are too tight or they just fit terrible but that's the only shoes that you wore for that day and you're having to wear them for eight hours and you know you've got blisters and you've got a raw spot on your foot the relief to finally get home and take those shoes off there's nothing in the world that is a better relief than taking those terrible fitting shoes off. That's the way it is with grace. It's just like you have been released from those chains. So sing with us 
and just, we're just glorifying God this morning. We're not concerned about if we're the loudest choir, even though we got a good choir, whether we're great, we're all on pitch, but it's, we're praising our Lord and Savior. So sing along with us.
Thank you, choir. You know, that song will preach, won't it? And you think about that, that when Chris Tomlin redid that song and added, my chains are gone, I can't help but think about the fact that John Newton, who wrote the original Amazing Grace, was a slave ship captain. When Jesus got a hold of him. And he realized that what he was doing and the way he was living his life was horrible. And went against God. And he penned that song, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And then Chris Tomlin adds, my chains are gone. And it brings that song full circle. And I, for one, am excited about Amazing Grace. Because that's why we're here today. is because of that Amazing Grace. But today I'm going to share a message with you. Lessons from Nehemiah. I see a lot of pastors today, and I've heard some very high-name pastors say this, that we need to distance ourselves from the Old Testament. And I, for one, think that's a bunch of hogwash. Because we can't truly understand. And, and the reason they say it is we're under the New Covenant. We no longer are under the Old Covenant. Well, we can't understand the New Covenant without fully understanding what the Old Covenant was all about. And Jesus Himself says, I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to what? Complete it. So we need to understand, and we can still get a lot of things from the Old Testament. And, and, and it helps us to better understand 
what Jesus did in the New Testament and what we to, are to do as a church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So we're going to look at some lessons in Nehemiah. If you turn to Nehemiah, it is two books, no, three books before Psalms. So Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms. So Nehemiah, and turn to verse six, or chapter 6. This is where we're going to jump off at. Um, Nehemiah chapter 6, we're going to look at two verses. Verses 15 and 16. So if you would stand as I read these verses, you see, Nehemiah was in captivity and he asked, he was, he asked the king, can I go back and rebuild the wall of Jerusalem? And so he went. And look at what it says here in verse 6, verses 15 and 16. So the wall was completed on the 25th day of the month Elul in 52 days. And it came about when all of our enemies heard of it and all the nations surrounding us saw it, they lost their confidence for they recognized that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for what we see here in Nehemiah. Dear Lord, help us to understand these lessons that can impact our church today. Speak through me today. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ our Savior we pray. Amen. <coughs> Nehemiah is a, a, is a book that a lot of people go to for leadership aspects or characters of a good leader because of what Nehemiah was able to accomplish. But today, I want us to see five lessons from Nehemiah that will ignite our church. If we can understand these five lessons and we can apply these lessons we, it will ignite our church, not because of anything that we're doing, but because of what we allow God to do through us. So look at this. Lesson number one. A call to full-time Christian ministry is not required. Now let that sink in. A call to full-time Christian ministry is not required. Now look at Nehemiah six, or excuse me, chapter one, verse eleven. But we're just going to look at that last verse or that last part of verse eleven. But I'm going to read the entire verse. Nehemiah chapter one, verse eleven. It says, "O Lord, I've been." I beseech thee, may thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and the prayer of thy servant who de delight to revere thy name and make thy servant successful today and grant him compassion before this man. Now look at this last part of this verse. Now I was the cupbearer to the king. 
when God led Nehemiah to come back to Jerusalem, he was not a full-time minister. He wasn't a priest. He did not serve in the temple or the synagogue. He was a cupbearer. And God called him and used him. A lot of times in today's society, we think, or in today's churches, we think the pastor or the youth pastor, or the music minister does all of it because we are, in Christ, we are full-time Christian ministry. I'm going to tell you this. You will come in more contact with more people than we will ever come in contact with. A lot of times when people find out that I am a pastor, they will stop talking to me. But you have the opportunity to speak to people. In your jobs, everybody in here has different jobs. Everybody in here does different things. And you come in contact with people that will not come into this church or any church. It doesn't matter where you are. But you have been called. Those of us that have accepted Christ as our personal Savior, we have been called to make more disciples. You do not have to be a pastor or a staff member of a church to be able to talk to somebody about salvation. You do not have to be on staff, on the payroll, to talk to somebody and help make them a disciple. Because all that is, is coming along somebody and living it in front of them and talking to them and investing your time in them. That's what it takes. But can you imagine that if a church full of disciples realized, hey, it's not just the pastor's job. Hey, it's not just, I don't have to have a call to full-time Christian ministry to be able to minister to people. That if an entire church of disciples got that idea and learned that lesson and went out and did it, what would happen to that church? That church would catch on fire. That church would catch on fire. You realize this is that we pray for revival all the time. We pray, a lot of times we pray for revival for our country. God, please call us back. Do you guys understand that revival does not start with a group? It never starts with a group of people. You know where it starts? With one person. David prayed, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. What was he praying for? He was praying for revival in his own life. Revival starts with one person. And that person does not have to be the pastor. 
That person does not have to be an adult. I've shared this before. I've, I've witnessed a revival in a church before, and it started with the teenager. One teenager. One teenager. A football player. A senior in high school. Said, I can't take it anymore. I am lost. I've been putting up a front. I am a fake. I need to come to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. And when other people saw that young man stand and make a decision for Christ, it became contagious. By the time we got back home, listen, we had people accepting Christ on the bus on the way back. We had a Sunday school teacher, a youth Sunday school teacher, pray to accept Christ. It started with one person. Church, it does not have to be the staff. It can be any of us. And if we can get that grasp that it does not, it's not required then we can do great things. Lesson two, pray about everything. Again, look at Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4. Now it came about when I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, and I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. What were you praying about? He had a friend that had just come back from Israel, back to Babylon. And he asked him, how's it going back home? And he said, it's not good. It is not good at all. All of the walls are down. The gates are broken. People are coming in and taking advantage of the children of Israel. They, they, they are not going to survive. It's not good. And it broke him. And the first thing he did is he mourned and he fasted and he prayed. See, Nehemiah had a lifestyle of prayer. In 13 chapters, the book of Nehemiah only has 13 chapters. Within those 13 chapters, we have recorded 14 prayers that Nehemiah prayed. 14 times that it's recorded. That's not counting all the other times that he prayed that it's not recorded. But he had a lifestyle about, of prayer. He prayed about everything. Do we pray about everything? I'm going to tell you something. This church, since I have been here, I've seen some incredible things happen within this church because our, our, we as as disciples of Christ, have come together and we have prayed. I have seen people that have gone on, have met their Savior gracefully and willingly and had a peace about them like there could not be explained. I have seen people healed. Thank you to take... Sorry guys, I had to take my pocket knife out of my pocket. I think that had something to do with it banging around in my pocket. Uh, but I've seen people healed. 
I have seen things happen that we didn't expect to happen because we prayed and God showed up and showed out. We need to make it a lifestyle of prayer that we are constantly praying for God to have His way and God to give us the strength and God to give us the faith and God to give us the courage what needs to be done. Just like Nehemiah did. And the third lesson is care about the things of God. Look at Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. And I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies desolate and its gates have been consumed by fire? Then the king said to me, what would you request? So I prayed to God of heaven. And I said to the king, if it please the king, and if your servant has found favor before you, send me to, do, to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. See, Jeremiah just did, or excuse me, not Jeremiah, Nehemiah didn't just care about things. We read, read in chapter 1 where he found out the condition and he, 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 he was heartbroken. He mourned, he fasted for days, and he prayed. But that wasn't the extent of it. That's not where he left it. He cared so much about what God's had, his God's people and the things of God that not only did he pray, but he put, put feet to it. And he asked permission of the king to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild Jerusalem. See, a lot of times we do that first part that we will pray and we'll ask God to intervene and that's as far as we go with it. But what Nehemiah did is he got up and went. Chad, in his children's sermon, said there are two types of people in the church. You've got your fans and you've got your players. You've got the ones that will cheer and root and go, yeah, that's right, go, go, Amen. And then you've got the ones that will get out there and do the job. Nehemiah was one that got up and did the job. Church, when we realize that it's not just the full-time staff, full-time ministers that are responsible, and then we, we cover everything in prayer, that's time when we get up and we move. We do. And that's what Nehemiah did. So that's the third lesson that we get from Nehemiah. We have to let that caring move us to action. And then lesson number four. God leads different people different ways. You're like, wait a second, wait, what do you mean by that? And how in the world is that found in Nehemiah? Well, we actually have to go back a little bit to Ezra. So if you look at Ezra chapter 7, and it's just the book before, Ezra chapter 7, verse 6, 
This Ezra went up from Babylon, and he was a scribe skilled in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given, and the king granted him all he had requested because the hand of the Lord was on, his God was upon him. See, Ezra, Nehemiah wasn't the first one to go back to, to Jerusalem from Babylon. Ezra went back before Nehemiah did. And then again, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 5, I said to the king, if it please the king, and if your servant has found favor before you, send me to Judas, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. So here, God led two people at different times to go back to the same city but he sent them to do two different things. See, Nehemiah 8, 9. Then Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law. See, what had happened is after they got the city rebuilt, they got the, the, the walls rebuilt in 52 days, that they began to set up the worship of God the way God intended it to be. And on this day, they had gotten the scroll of the law and Ezra stood before the people. All of the people had gathered there in Jerusalem. And Ezra stood there. And he read the law to the people. God's Word. He read to the people. And as he read it, and the, the other Levites, the other priests, as they began to explain to the different peoples what that meant, they became heartbroken and they became convicted and they started to weep and mourn because they had drifted so far away from what God said they should do. They would have never got there if it was only Ezra. And they would have never got there if it was only Nehemiah. But Nehemiah and Ezra, God called them at different times to come to the exact same place to do two different jobs to get His people where they needed to be. So we have to realize this, is that when God calls somebody, He may call and lead him differently than He does someone else. They may have two different jobs to do or three different jobs to do. But the one thing they all have in common is they're following God's will. God is not different. You see, asking me <coughs> to build something. If you came to me and said, Artie, I want you to build a box. I'd say, okay. Then you went to Terry Pendleton, a master carpenter, and said, Terry, I want you to build this box. Terry said, I, okay. 
Within 30 minutes, you would have a box from Terry that looked like a professional did it because a professional did it. With me, three days later, you still may have the outline of the box, but you may not have the box. God gave us two different sets of talents. To expect me to do something like Terry does when it comes to an area that Terry is gifted in, it's not realistic. But vice versa, where I'm gifted, Terry's not. So to expect him to do what I do, the way I do it is not fair to Terry because God's called him, gave him a different set of gifts and called him to minister in a different way. We have to realize that. But sometimes in the Baptist church, we like putting round pegs in square holes or square pegs in round holes because we need somebody there, we put somebody there. We've got to realize that God has gifted us all differently. But He's all brought us all together and we have to utilize those gifts for the building of the kingdom. Now look at lesson number five. God sees your faithfulness. Nehemiah 13, 14. Look at this verse. Remember me for this, O my God. Guess what Nehemiah is doing again? He's praying. Okay. Remember me for this, O my God, and do not blot out my loyal deeds which I may have performed for the house of my God and its services. That's the very last verse of Nehemiah. You see, the entire time Nehemiah was in Jerusalem, he had been getting it. He had been getting talked about and things said to. And in fact, he was getting letters sent to him to scare him. And in fact, one and it wasn't just from outside. He was getting it from inside too. People that did not want the balls be built. They liked it the way it was. So everywhere he turned, he was catching it from somebody. But Nehemiah did what God had called him to do, regardless of what was going on around him. He did what God had led him to do. And here's what I want you to realize. Is it doesn't matter what people say about you. It doesn't matter if anybody knows what you did. Because God does. If what we do is to get recognized... The Bible tells us that we've received our reward already. I'm going to tell you something. I was talking to somebody yesterday about this. It bothers me when I see preachers getting rich off their congregations. It does. It blows my mind why a preacher would need a million dollar jet. I don't understand that.
I don't understand. But see, here's the thing. Pastors get the, because of that few, those few that do that, all the pastors get the reputation as all they're after is money. But I'm going to tell you something. Not every pastor is after money. Not every church is all about money. We need to realize that if we do what God tells us to do and has called us to do, we may get slammed from every direction. But God will see. And He will know our faithfulness. And we have to remember that. We may rub people the wrong way in this area. We may rub another group the wrong way in this area. But as long as we stand on the Word of God, and as long as we do what God has called us to do, He will see it, and the Bible says that He will take care of it. I thank everybody involved. Everybody in our church. We want to see our church grow. But we have to realize this. Our job is not to grow our church. Anywhere in the Scriptures in the New Testament where it talks about people coming into the church and joining the church on the day of Pentecost, when 5,000 people accepted Christ as their Savior, who does the Bible said added them to the church? Does it say that Peter added 5,000 people? No. It says God added 5,000 people. Again, when he was preaching another time, and he, and 2,000 more people. It says that God added them to the church. It's God's job. It's the job of the Holy Spirit to save people. It's, the, it's God's job to bring them into our midst. Our job is to be obedient and do what God has called us to do. He will take care of everything else. So don't forget... These five lessons from Nehemiah that will ignite our church. Full-time Christian ministry is not required. Pray about everything. Care about the things of God. God leads everybody or different people in different ways. And then God sees your faithfulness. Church, I admit to you, I do. I want to see our I want to see us grow. I want us to get to a point where we are ascending church. You know what I mean by that? Is that we are sending people out. 
Not only as missionaries, but we're sending people out to plant new churches. I want us to be disciple-making disciples. But that will never happen until we are obedient to what God has called us to do. And we allow God to do what God does. See, my Jesus is not dead. My Jesus is alive and real and well, and He is still in the life-saving business. He, not only is He in the life-saving business, He's in the life-changing business. And sometimes the best thing that we can do is get out of His way and let God do what God does best. All we have to do is be obedient. Now we're at this time of the service where it's the invitation. If God is working on you or working with you and you feel the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life to, to lead you to, to accept Christ as your personal Savior, this is your opportunity to come and do it. If you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior, but you've never been baptized, and you want to, to follow Him and be obedient to Him in baptism, this is your opportunity to come for us and tell us that. And we can get that set up for you. If you are looking for a church home, you want to be you feel God leading you to be part of this, this congregation of this family of believers, we would love for you to come forward and do that. If you're not always here, you're here part of the time and gone part of the time, but you want to still be part of this body, we have something we call a watch care membership where we will take responsibility for you while you're here. And you can still have your full membership at your home church. If there is something that's going on between you and another brother or sister, and you need to get that taken care of. You know, the Bible says that if you come to give offerings to God and you've got something against a brother or sister, leave your offering there, go back and take care of that so that you can fully worship God and what you give to Him. Whatever it is God is leading you to do today, this is your opportunity to get that taken care of. Don't leave this place without letting God have His way with you today as we sing this song. Would you stand as we sing hymn number 287, Take My Life, Lead Me, Lord. 287. Take my life, lead me, Lord. Take my life, lead me, Lord. Make my life useful to
Today, don't forget youth and children going skating down to the youth building. They'll be back about 3.30 this afternoon. You're going to be part of that. Um, don't forget Wednesday nights, 6.30, Bible study in here. We're continuing to go through Galatians. And then youth and children down in the youth building at 6.30 as well. And now, Terry, if you will come and dismiss us in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for letting us come together in your house. And Lord, you challenged us today. Go out and be a witness to those that are lost. Bring them into your house and house so they can hear the message that you have given us all and touched our hearts. And Lord, let us go out and shine for you each and every day as a witness to those that are lost. In your name, Jesus, amen. Amen.